Hey, Chicago West. We're back with another episode of Digging Deeper. I'm Danielle Kelly. And I'm Angela Pryor. And we are going to be going through Pastor John's sermon on Sunday called The Foundations of Kingdom Living. From Mark chapter 4. It's you, though. Yeah, it's, it's on the fundamentals of kingdom living. Okay, so um, Pastor John talked about um, growing up in a, a like crossing cultures mm-hmm. uh, between um, Jamaican and Asian. And he was just talking about how he was used to being in different cultures yeah. growing up. And um, he says, we reflect whatever culture we come from or we're influenced by whatever culture we come from. And he's, he talked about this in, in um, reference to the kingdom. Yes. The uh, God's kingdom, what the kingdom is like. Mm-hmm. He says, when we come to faith in Christ, we are part of a, of a kingdom of God and the kingdom culture should be seen through us. Mm-hmm. So my first question is, if you had to explain to someone what it means to be in a spectrum, Oh, that's your first question? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> so if you had to explain to someone what it means to be a kingdom citizen, what would you say? Hmm. Oh, okay. I would say to be a kingdom citizen is to be taken out of um, the kingdom of this world, the world that excludes God, that's ruled by Satan, and now you are a part of a, a whole new way of living. Uh, your king is Christ. Your king is God. And his rules, he rules in in, in the kingdom of God. And um, the way that we interact with him and operate is different how we live. And I think about um, being ambassadors. Yeah. And how when you're an ambassador in a different country, you may be present in that country but you still like a u.s ambassador to say um italy yeah. they're immersed in the italian culture but they're not italian exactly they're u.s citizens and they're they're they follow u.s laws yeah. even though they're still having to interact with the italians yeah yeah i think uh, when i think about being a kingdom citizen i always think about um it's opposite of what this world is. Mm-hmm. So we have to live really as foreigners in this land. We don't, we, we follow the laws, of course, but we don't follow the, the, um, the spiritual laws of this world or the, the things that they say. The culture. Exactly. Yeah. The, we follow a righteous law, which is, uh, upside down kingdom yeah. and that co- that came from uh priscilla schreier oh what R- R- the armor of god yes she talked about being in the upside like it's to us it's upside down because we didn't grow up like that mm-hmm. so we have to we have to um learn how to live in this very differently right in this in the kingdom of god and that's a, the process of sanctification yeah because <laughs> the kingdom has so many like the bible was just like our guideline is so different of like how we interact with people who have hurt us, how we love people is all drastically different. Yeah. And it's not automatic. It's mm-hmm. not easy to walk down that narrow. No, path. no, no. So um, my next question is, are we living out a kingdom culture? 
And I don't know why I ask this question, because we are. We, as we sit here doing this even deeper, we're living it out. We're living it out. Like you watch it, you living it out because you want to dig deeper into what God has to say in his word. Yeah. Right. So, um, so this sermon is talking about really how to live out the, uh, the being a kingdom citizen. So he, he talked about, uh, Tony Evans, his, um, his definition of the kingdom of God is God's comprehensive rule over all creation. And so the first point that Pastor John made was the kingdom of God invades darkness. And that comes from Mark chapter 4, 21 through 25. Okay, I'll go ahead and read it. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to him, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Pastor John says, um, he, he, he gave us an example. So, um, Jesus accent, um, he's asking them this question. What do you do with the lamp? What is the, what is the purpose of a lamp? And you know, it's, it's for, we can see, see yep. right. So, um, he talked about like walking into your home. And what's the first thing you do when you walk into your dark home, you turn on the light. He says, according to verse four and and 22, Jesus is making it clear to us that the kingdom of God, the culture and influence should invade and enter places, spaces, and environment that are dark. Mm-hmm. And so, so some of the stuff he was talking about was like, like Jesus was talking about was like, you don't have the light. You no. don't have the light. So one of the things I thought about is like, we, we got the light. Yes. We have the answer on the inside of us. But what are some of the reasons why we hide the light that we have? What are, uh, mm, I know for me, I've hid my light because it takes a lot of courage to shine. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Here's, let me take that back. It actually doesn't. Because when you turn on the light, it's not, when you flick the light switch, it's, it's not straining to shine. It's shining. Right. So I, I don't want to say courage, but. Pastor Jordan in the Faith Foundation mm-hmm. yesterday talked about how so many of us are afraid to suffer. Mm-hmm. We don't want to lose a relationship. We don't want to lose our jobs. We surely in this culture don't want to get canceled because if you speak up about anything that is ungodly in this world that the culture is for, you will get canceled. And they will come for you. Yeah. Even within the Christian community because there's so many different thoughts. Again, I said thoughts, not the ways of God. We yeah. can choose all these different thoughts thinking that it's biblical and it's not. So um, suffering, mm-hmm. um, fear is tied out to that. Another reason why we can uh, hide our light is um, mainly we we have shown our light, but we got damaged. So it could be, you know, traumatic to 
to enter back into that space, which yeah. is tied to like suffering too. Yeah. Well, what about you? You know, I thought about a lot of stuff when we used we said that. But the last thing that really stands out to me is a rejection. Yes. Like if if yes. we if we try to witness to somebody, I know for me that was my issue. Like when I first got saved, I was talking to everybody about Jesus, and it was just the constant rejection that that made me pull back. Like I did not want to be rejected and not I didn't understand that when people were rejecting me that they're rejecting God right it feels so personal it does it does and being immature if you're immature and those and those things happen to you those things are things that you have to come against the strongholds Mm -hmm. a stronghold of rejection especially if you already got that in your life you already dealing with that and then God tells you, or you even even if God ain't t- told you, sometimes when you first get saved, you just be, you just be talking. You know, you just be talking, don't know what you're talking about half of the time. And you you reject it, and it's like, you just pull back. Mm. You know what, another thing that just came to me, sometimes we um, hide our light because of our own sin. Mm. Because we, we... We're afraid to tell, like, really stand on the fact that we're a Christian because the sin we're in is really deep, and we don't want to come off hypocritical and have people call us out. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that is that maybe you have embraced God has made me a new creation in here, not in sin, but you deal with shame and you think that you're unworthy to have your light shining. I was thinking about that, but I was thinking about it in a like condemnation, like if you especially if you came out of a a really hard background mm-hmm. and God is 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 telling pretty much telling you to you know witness to somebody who struggles with the same thing or something you really feel I know for me I really felt unworthy to talk to people that doesn't that's been in deep sexual sin mm. like like how can I yeah. when I did this when I did that not realizing I'm redeemed from that, yeah. and that's a testimony to that person. But yeah, so those are those are different things. So Pastor John mentioned five scriptures about the light. Which one of these scriptures really stands out to you, or bring to mind a testimony of God's grace? So these are the five scriptures. It's John three nineteen through twenty one. Danielle gonna post them. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians five eleven. Ephesians 6, 12, 1 John 1, 5 and 6, and Colossians 1 and 13. So which one stands out to you? Um, with us, I'm going to that in the question seat. Huh. So stands out to me and brings to mind a testimony of God's grace and goodness. Um, Colossians 1, verse 13, he has delivered us from the dom- domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom kingdom of his beloved son and i think the testimony of his grace and his goodness so you talk about sexual sin i've been really open that's been a part of my past and everything but when i look at my life i really feel like i can see how god snatched me and yeah, took me out of yeah. darkness. i can remember a distinct time in my life dealing with depression just mm-hmm. feeling with lo- like filled with loneliness and a, a, a lack of purpose and and darkness and desiring dark things and not thinking 
that I could ever change. Yes. That that there would be any redemption for me. So I love this scripture right here. It was like, yes, I've not only been delivered, but I've been transferred. Come on. That word, I don't even know what that word means in the original language, but I don't care in English. <laughs> it's encouraging me. <laughs> yeah. It says transfer. So we like, I no longer belong to Satan. Mm-hmm. I'm not his. Mm-hmm. I'm in transfer to, to, um, to God's kingdom. And this thought came to me too. Like, I don't know if people have ever transferred schools, whether you've been in college yeah, or in okay. elementary school or whatever. How it's a whole different game. It takes a lot to adjust to, but it's your new reality. Amen. So I'm thankful for the new reality that God has given me in his kingdom. Yes. That that reminds me too of a, it's either first Peter or second Peter 2 9. Um, you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A, a people for God's own possession mm-hmm. that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness. darkness. Yes. yes. Marvelous light. So that was, oh. that's, that was an extra one to proclaim. That's a great one mm-hmm. to proclaim. He called you out to proclaim the excellency of who he is. But anyway, so what sticks out to me is Ephesians six and 12. And it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against uh, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And how, like, how that encourages me is God is straight up telling you that you are not like, like the the the, the sermon that you have, the things that's happening in your life. Mm-hmm. It's not just physical. Yes. It's a, like you are in a spiritual battle. Like this reminds us that we are in a spiritual battle and we got to put our armor on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it says, it says over this present darkness against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, God is letting us know that we, we are in a, we are in the kingdom of God. Right. But we wrestle against the present darkness that we're living in. Yeah. And that's it, man, that's a great reminder of when you're going through, you like, wait, the enemy is is coming against me, but the enemy is coming against God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And what are the tools that God has given you? You know, what the word of God, prayer, he's protecting you. He's constantly telling us that he's protecting us, that he's with us, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us that we can put on the full armor of God yeah. that we can cast down every thought and every high imagination that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God so this is why this really encourages me because it tells me like listen this is what is happening in your life you know at this moment when you feel any mm-hmm. uh, spiritual pressure or whatever so hey something like sure. you talked about present darkness like so so often I can get so discouraged by when I watch TV. I'm like, what is going on with the world? Like things are so dark mm-hmm. and I yearn to be out of it, which I think is a natural uh, thing for us to want to. But this is a reminder that God is going to move in the midst of the darkness, but yes. that it's present, that I don't, I don't need to be dismayed when I see the darkness around me. Yes. Yeah. And just, just know that it, that it is 
darkness, that there's a real dark, yes, spiritual world, spiritual realm that's happening all around us. Yeah. <laughs> Even as we speak. <laughs> Lord. So he, so Pastor John says, this means that God will intentionally place you in dark places and around people trapped in darkness in order that the light and culture of the kingdom of God would shine bright. He says, Christ Christ followers are spiritual first responders. Oh, that was good. We are called, we are called and sent to go into challenges, difficulties, and darkness. And so his question is, how do you normally respond when you hear God wants to send you into dark places, situations, in order for the light, the ways, the culture of the kingdom to shine? And he wrote, you usually run, but what would you say? Well, when he asked the question, I was like, you run. And when he preached, I was one, yes. I have, how do I normally respond? I've gotten better with not running because I, because of how I serve, I have no choice uh-huh. but to, to interact with the darkness and, and choose to respond the way that Christ would have me to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So normally lately, I just been like, God, give me the courage. That's the truth. I've been saying, God, give me the courage to let my light shine. Yeah. And help me not to, to be not help me not to have fear of man, but to try singing. Oh man, when I when I read this uh, question, I was thinking like God doesn't really He doesn't normally ask us or tell us that we're going into this dark place. <laughs> we just find ourselves in it. Yeah, whether it's at at work or whether it's you know, uh, wherever in a grocery store, we just. Like, man, what just happened? Like when you went to the conference, <laughs> I think we talked about this last week. <laughs> Something happened. Something you had death. You just was, I was pushed into a dark place. Like, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be the light. Yeah. But what yeah. happened was, it was like, the, no, the light was still there. And I was b- battling darkness and had shine. Yeah. And address it. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is the importance. This is why it's so important to abide. So that when you are put in dark places, but because you're going to be, it ain't like, like, oh, you know, maybe you're going to. If you sometimes live, it's like within our family. If you live in this world. If you live in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. It's true. Listen, you, it's going to be, it's going to be some darkness. Mm -hmm. So if you are abiding, I feel like the the Holy Spirit, like you will have something. Yeah. You will, you will be able to stand like, like Ephesians say, stand. And after you've done everything to stand firm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I thought about, uh, also like when I, when I, uh, start working at TSA at the, at the airport. Yes. I was like, Lord, it was like. Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> I was like, Lord, what is happening? So I, so I remember at that, at that time, it was like, I had to, I, I really had to walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really, because it was something going on every day. If it wasn't a day, cause it was like, 
I worked for the government. It's something about working for the government too. Like it's got an extra spice. It's it's like it's like it's the, just... the the postal people that be like going postal. That's how T <laughs> like that's how TSA was. It was it was nuts, right? But it was a lot of things going on. Like I worked in the um in the United Terminal. Lord. I was like, what is going on? It was in United. It was like all these different cultures coming through and people coming from different countries. But then the people that actually work there, it's like, Lord, just keep me. <laughs> just keep me from falling. Keep me from falling. Yeah. So where is or was a place of darkness that God had called you to? And I talked about man. So what about you? Mm, place of darkness. Oh, I think. I'm like, what do I want to share on camera? <laughs> I know, right? I shared a lot. Oh my gosh. Um, when I worked at a homeless shelter, it was very dark yeah. there. Um, and God called me to that. And it was dark for a lot of different reasons. Dark because of just people, they're, well, for whatever situation ended up in homelessness, uh, dark because um, we were a Christian organization. So just seeing them push against rejecting the Lord and then um, cycles of poverty, mm -hmm. things that cause that addiction. Yeah. Um, some people have mental health issues that impacted how they could care for their kids. So seeing that um, was is really hard. And... There's some other dark areas I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing yeah. and like here, but I think a lot of times the dark places have been in relationships yeah. that I could not, because of whatever circumstances, I could not just walk out of. So I had to learn how to love people and, and um, bear with them in, in their darkness yeah. that's a lot of times impacted me yeah which is because that can be the thing where you you might not have be in a an environment where it's all dark but you might have a relationship with somebody and their darkness and just tries to take over yeah i don't know thing that makes sense yeah it, it totally makes sense because i think about i think all of us we have unsaved family members mm -hmm. we have maybe living in our home or even people that we only go around on um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Right? On the holidays. So yeah, that's that's totally legit. Mm -hmm. So um, the next thing he talked about was um, verse, are you listening? Verse 22 and to verse 23a. Can you read that? Oh yeah. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. And I thought that was significant. And I wanted to mention that because Jesus is giving them this parable, right? But then he's solidifying it by saying, listen, yeah, like this is important. Mm -hmm. I am the light. You need to shine the light. Like right. That's, right. that's important. And so Pastor John asks, do you remember the any other locations in scripture where Jesus challenges the reader to listen carefully. Mm. Uh, he talked about revelations. Mm -hmm. If you had fears to hear, let yeah, let them hear. And I, I, I recall just like praying, always praying that Lord, 
if like give us ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. Yes. I don't even know what that scripture is, but I pray it a lot because sometimes, man, sometimes the discernment of going one ear and out the other. Cause there's a difference between like hearing, like you can hear something and then in, you don't internalize it. Like you said, it goes in one ear and out the yeah. other. And like, do you let it seep in? Yes. I can't remember off the top of my head any particular ones, but I feel like there's so many it, there, that he said, you know, pay attention. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, yeah, I was going to say something and I just lost my thought. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Yes, but so let's skip to the next one. Um, his next point was kingdom transformation is a process. Process. And that's verse 26 through 29. Okay. You want me to read it now? Yes. And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces itself. The First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus, thank you for your unique wording. <laughs> so Pastor John, he gives these illustrations. He's like, a person who was struggling, but now is walking in victory. Yes. A community that was falling apart, but now it's changed. A relationship that was damaged, but is now restored. And so I just thought of a question that's not here, but like, have you, like, can you give examples in your life or even in other people's lives where you see it, like you felt like, and I know you have some, you felt like, man, this is, this is, this is hopeless. Mm -hmm. But now that person saved, that person living for the Lord, that person restored, oh. or your relationship is restored to them. <sighs> yes, there's so many. So many. Um, so even one of my sons, he, he has unique challenges. And there's times where over the years, I'm like, Lord, is he ever going to mature in this area and recently y'all know what guy has been doing to him but he yeah. it's like a night and day like a he just switched and even this morning he he got up and did something and john and i were like yes child like who who is it so wow. yes and then in my own life where it felt hopeless Oh my gosh, too many times. Yeah. But I remember, um, particularly in college, when I got kicked out twice. <laughs> and I had fallen into like sexual sin. And even though I was a Christian, serving the Lord, my mom wanted to kick me out the house. I did not have any money. I did not, I did not know how to. I knew how to come after the Lord. I just didn't know how to change mm -hmm. because everything that I was trying to do, I was making it worse. Yeah, yeah. Like I was trying to do things in my own strength or he would tell me to do something and I didn't really want to do it that way. And it seemed like everywhere I turned, it was just falling apart. And then I remember like my mom, she just had like a breach of trust. Yeah. 
with me. She's like, I don't trust you. And da, 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 da. And I, all I had to do was just like sit before the Lord and let him and eventually in due time deliver me out of it. And he did. And I had to be okay with the fact that maybe she won't see it. Yeah. Maybe she won't see the transformation that God is doing in me. Um, but he'll do it. And he, y'all, he did it. Yeah. I know. He, it was kind of like a flip. Mm-hmm. Where I didn't know how I was going to get out of the situation. All the situations that I was entangled in. But he untangled it. Yes. What about you? Man, I I think about, like, you know when, when Pastor John said, you know, you're not the same as you was eight years ago or whatever. But I think about that in terms of like coming to this church. Like the the scary the scary person I was back then, I'm that ain't my testimony at all. Does right. So that and then you talked about you talked about your son, but I I think about my son. Like when he was when he was little, he was little and strange. You know, he was just um I didn't think he was gonna ever change, but he it's like night and day. Mm-hmm. Like like it is like night and day with him. Yeah. So um that that's a situation. And yeah, that's it. So let's go. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So we 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 just talked about have you ever considered how God goes about transforming someone or someplace? And and I think like I n I didn't really think about it until until he kind of preached it like yes that's 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 the value of like listening to the preach word uh is 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 the fact that you you can you know ponder on these things meditate right right so what about you can i share something so with this question this makes me think about um one time with one of my kids they had to do a study on butter caterpillars that become butterflies so we watched this video and I, I knew like, okay, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon. Or, is that what it's called? Whatever. Yeah, the cocoon. cocoon. <laughs> and uh, there's a transformation that happens. Mm-hmm. But what happens is like the caterpillar, its body literally dissolves Ooh. inside of it. It dissolves. And I watched the video with my kids and I saw it and I was like, what? It just totally, I don't even want to say die, it just dissolves into this whole different liquid and then eventually it starts to like mold and transform into the wings and everything and then um the wings break through the cocoon and then this butterfly comes and i think about this that's what god does in us where sometimes in the transformation think about it that cocoon is a dark place you know like it it's like this place where nobody can see that what was is dissolved. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage somebody. You encourage me. I want to encourage you because you have been taken from the kingdom of darkness and you're being transferred into God's kingdom yeah. of his glorious light. Yeah. And other people might not see it because you're in a cocoon. And God is dissolving mm-hmm. the, the, the darkness that was the ways of the world. He's dissolving it. And he's forming you into a new creation, literally. And even in that forming, some people are not going to see that full development until he allows you, until your time to break through that cocoon. And then your wings start to to spread and 
and fly and it's the butterflies part beautiful yeah i mean caterpillars not so much <laughs> like they're not i don't think that they're pretty human but yeah so we got to be encouraged that's what i feel like the that's what i ponder on thinking that's, about this like that's good i thought about a lot of stuff but the last thing you said was like caterpillars aren't beautiful but butterflies are like we're more prone to reach out for a butterfly than we are for if a caterpillar coming, we gonna try to step on it or whatever. Even the cocoon, we'd be like, "What is that?" <laughs> but but that really encourages me because you said the caterpillar, you said the cocoon is like a wilderness, mm. and I like that's I'm in a wilderness season. Yeah, I'm in a in a season of surrender. Yeah, and and it really like almost cry, like it really encouraged me because. Sometimes you really just can't see or you really don't know. Like, I'm like, Lord, what is going on in my life? What is going on in my body? Like that, that is my constant, um, my constant thought and my constant question to God, like, what is going on? But <laughs> like, you know, but so that's why it really encouraged me. So thank you for it. And then this just came to me too, while you were talking of not only as a, a wilderness and a darkness, but as a stillness. Because mm -hmm. the caterpillar can move. But once you get up in the cocoon, there's a stillness. There's no getting out. No. But think about this. But when it's time to get out, you're able to move. Caterpillars can't fly. Okay. They can't fly. But butterflies can. Right. Butterflies can do a whole bunch of stuff that caterpillars are not capable. They don't have the, the, the capacity or the shape or the tools or the design mm -hmm. to do that. Yes. And the only way to get through it is through the cocoon in the process. Right. And you know what? That speaks to gifting. That speaks to being in that cocoon so God can work out those gifting. Like, listen, we just did the uh, theology of the caterpillar and the butterfly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we did. I didn't even know that. Holy Spirit, thank you. Divine wisdom inside. Yes, yes. So I thought about... Um, these these different scriptures, right? Um, first, let me let me say this. Uh, verse twenty seven through twenty eight. Let's read that. Verse twenty seven. Mm -hmm. He he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade and then the ear then the full grain of the in the ear. So um, Pastor John says he is not the cause of the growth and is completely ignorant of the process. So we're not the cause of the growth. Yeah, and we are meaning God. Right, God uh, uh, us, right. <laughs> we're not the cause of the growth, but um, we're completely innocent of the process. And so one of the scriptures that we thought about was John um, chapter 12 and 24. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, I didn't write it down. That's okay. All right, Luke, John. <laughs> yep, 12, 24. Yep. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And let's talk about this other scripture. It's Hebrews 12 and 11. And it says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrow, but sorrowful. 
but to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And me and Danielle was just having this whole conversation about discipline. <laughs> Can you remember what? Yes. So Angie read this passage and you were talking about discipline, what that word yeah. normally evokes for you. Right. Which is, which is like a being, um, being punished for something bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the middle of us having this conversation, I had my computer out and I'm like, what does it mean in the original language? So I go to Bible Hub and look up the lexicon and that word actually is talking about like a discipline and like training up a child and a development into maturity, which is different than other types of like the discipline that you were thinking about. Yeah. We're like, wow. Yes. Yes. Like no, no child likes to have those parameters put on them. That's necessary to train them. Like I always tell my kids when I'm telling them to do something, it's a discipline, not like, I'm disciplining you in a negative way right? Um, or in a harsh way or disciplining you because this is a consequence for your sin. No, sometimes it's like, no, this is a correction and this is discipline for you in the long run. And you might not like it now, but I'm like, one day you're going to thank me. Amen. One day you're going to thank me Amen. because I could stand my mom at some point. You know, growing up with the the correction, yeah. But I'm grateful that I received it. I'm grateful when I think on the Lord correcting me. I'm like, God, thank you for snatching yes. me. Up yes, yes. From that thing, so yeah. So the so the the um the saying trust the process is really a good a good saying because that's that scripture says it yields those who have been trained by it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. So. So being disciplined and sit in a place where God can really train you to mature you, it's going to yield fruit. Mm-hmm. It's going to grow to fruit. And it takes a death like the passage yes. that, you, uh, that you talked about. Yes. So question for you to ponder on. What is God asking you to let die in mm-hmm. your life? Like what is he trying to put to death in your life that you're resisting? Because you you don't see the point in it, but when you let that thing die, there's actually going to be life flowing out of it, and not because it's you doing it, it's because it died. Yes, I'm thinking about them all them scriptures about put to death the deeds of the flesh, and you know just kill it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Pastor John says kingdom transformation is the act of God transforming a person, a group of people, or a community, and then he talks about the process. The seed is planted, then the blade is uh, shows its head, then the head of the plant crop, then finally the fruit. Yeah. But he says the problem that we have is that we always we always want to see the process come quicker, right? Yeah. Like a microwave. We want everything now. We want our cousin say now. We want him changed now. Like we want our marriage changed. Like if we have any issues. In our in our lives, for me, I would say, I would say, if I'm if I'm having something, and I need deliverance, I want it today. Like God, deliver me today. Even though it took a long time for me to develop the overeating thing, <laughs> but but I want it. I want to be delivered today. <laughs> so what what's your today? Oh my God! <laughs> well, that's the overeating scary. <laughs> 
today. Like, girl, you been you been eating sugar to 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 uh, heal those emotions, but you want to be delivered today, yeah. even though God is saying uh, this can only comes out. <laughs> Friend. Friend. He's like, this is for you. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I love it. Oh my God. So it says, how many of you asked God for something, begged him, pleaded with him, only to find out later that you weren't as ready as you thought? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, You know... I think financially sometimes there was like times where I begged God for um, some financial blessings and at the time I couldn't handle it and blew right through it and was like, dang, man. So you got what you asked. You got what I asked for. <laughs> See, and they lost it. And then, that, you know, and then I learned later on like, wow. Even now, John and I are like wanting to pay off debt. I don't know. I've talked about this before, but we're like, oh, man, looking back on past seasons of where God did bless us mm-hmm. and oh, we didn't, we just didn't honor it. But, you know, praise God for forgiveness. Yeah. And um, there was something else that came to mind, but I forgot about it. So maybe you should add. Um, okay. Maybe it'll come to you when I tell you. So, so one of the things I thought about that I begged God for, that I pleaded for, is when I first got saved. Like, so when I, so when God first saved me, I was in a relationship. Like I was in a 10 year abusive relationship, but I didn't like, I didn't want to leave that relationship. Mm. I wanted to continue in it and be saved. Right. So I begged God to get married. Like I wanted to marry this dude. Mm -hmm. Oh my, the abusive dude. Like what? Just for to have legal sex. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, <laughs> like fix my body, y'all. It's real out here in these streets. Right. right. So, uh, this, this is all like I'm just being transparent. Like this was over over 21 years ago, right? So I'm free, right? But I'ma tell the truth, like. I wanted to to be in that relationship. I was like, well, I don't care if he's saved or not. I want to be with this man. And uh, I'm so glad, y'all, that God didn't allow me to stay in that relationship. He didn't allow me to get married to this man because I probably today would be you dead, dead, right? Dead but or divorced, you know, because who's, who's going to be beaten? Yes, I was thinking about physically. Yeah, it would be physically deformed, all types of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So and I and y'all, I got scars from that relationship today. That every time I look at the scar, I got one to set my head. Every time I look at it, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that God did not allow me to marry this man. Like I, I was like, why won't he marry me? And all this stuff. Really having conversations with the Lord. And man, so that's, that's, that's my testimony. Okay. I remember. So I think about where I'm at now. I've always had this heart to like minister to women and do all these things. And I remember, um, 
even in high school, feeling really, I want to work with, I thought it was going to be younger women. Yeah. And then in college, when I got kicked out the first time, <laughs> I had to write this appeal letter. Never remember the Lord was like, give them the vision. I was like, you want me to tell these folks at the secular university how you put this vision on my heart to minister to, to women and blah, blah, blah. So I did it. And I was frustrated for years uh, because God put me in the cocoon. It was like, no, you're, I mean, I was always like working with women in some capacity, whether it was in a small group or whatever, but I just was so anxious and ready to be in a certain role or minister in a certain way. And I didn't understand why God was like, no, not right now. And I look back y'all and I'm like, God, thank you. I couldn't have handled the weight and the responsibility that I have now mm. and the cost of it and the responsibility mm. and um, the things that, yeah, I just could not have handled it. And, and even being, um, I never really aspired to be a pastor's life, <laughs> but um, I have heard some people like, that's what they, they just want to be on this like high level of leadership, but being in the role that John and I are in is like, can you really handle when the criticism, can you handle people leaving? Can you handle uh, people questioning you all the time? Can you, can you handle pouring your heart and your life Ooh. into people and and hear me i'm not i'm this is just what comes along with it i'm not in a bitter place anymore praise god but it's like can you handle um having a revolving door of people coming in and out of your life yeah. can you handle that are you are you tough enough to to handle that and still serve and love god fully and and as we talked about the hearts have fertile, a heart of fertile soil. Yes. No. And I think even with social media, people want to go viral. People want to do all of this, but can you really handle people coming at you like that on social media? Like, can you handle those things? Like, can you handle, we talked about this people, you wanted to be married, but for people that are so desperate to be married, can you really handle everything that comes along with the with the commitment of marriage? Not what this world says. Right, right. Not what this world says that you can get married and get out of it like that. Right. But are you can you handle the commitment of your spouse disappointing you? You y'all just in the thick of a dark season. Right, right. And loving them through that and and persevering. Can you handle that? And the truth is some of us can't. And it's and it you said commitment. It's not just a commitment. It's a covenant. Uh, that that's that's the reason why I thank God so much for not allowing me uh, to to marry that dude because I would have been I would have been at a at a place where am, do I break this covenant because I'm getting beat? You know you you know th those type of questions. But I didn't have to because God didn't bless me with that. He didn't bless you with it. Well. You know, I, mean, I ain't even gonna say bless me with with that. No, <laughs> right? He did not bless. He yes. blessed you by saying no. Yes, yes. No was the blessing. No was the blessing. So, 
transitioning to the next uh, point was don't despise small beginnings. And that is verse 30 through 34. Okay. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make it make nest in its shade. Oh, it just has insight right there. With, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them. And as they were able to hear it, he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately at his own disciples. Mm. To his own disciples, he explained everything. Amen. So Pastor John says the Mahalvi parable is not focused on the process and the transformation, but rather focused on the size of the impact. So tell me your insight. The insight that I had that you, this is why it's so good to ponder. This is why we're doing the digging deeper because mm-hmm. I heard the sermon twice. I looked at this, but when I read it, it said it not only did it become larger, Jesus said not only did it become larger than the garden plants and mm-hmm. put out its large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. And I thought about it. So this mustard seed, the smallest, becomes so large that it becomes a home for other living things. That is awesome. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know. I'm still processing that. But I, I think that's good because here, here we're talking about the smallest seed becoming the biggest, the biggest mm-hmm. of the plants. So that's good. Um, so Pastor, Pastor John was like, do not despise small beginnings. People often excited about serving the Lord and being used by him until they are asked to do something that they feel is small, insignificant, or undervalued. And um, even though, like, I don't think that I struggle with, like, doing small things, but I just thought about um, the small tasks that I had to do at my old church, which was like... um, um, doing those, oh. co- doing those connection. So I used to, at, at our old church, I used to do the connection cards. Like I just did them. Like I was, I was promised to be paid or whatever, but it never happened. And I didn't even care. I was like, whatever. I'm so, I'm serving the Lord. And I remember when we, when I came over here and Pastor John asked me to work, work for the church. And it was because I did that over there. Small. The small things. I just thought about that. Thank God you. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Can you can you uh think of I know that you don't struggle with doing small things. This girl be doing everything at this church for free. <laughs> well, you know why I don't <laughs> so here's the thing that I've learned. I'm not I'm I'm not too good to fold the to to put to plunge a toilet at this church. I like I'm not like, no, Jesus, he washed feet. That's what we we need to do. Um, so even on Sunday with the church picnic, I wanted to help it. Some people was like, no, don't <laughs> do it. I'm like, don't care. I don't care that I'm like the pastor's wife. I want to, I want to serve. Um, but so the little thing for me that God asked me to do several years ago was, a um, a, a, a she's a young woman now and I knew her when she was a baby, but 
she was in a junior in high school at that time and I kind of had mentioned it to her like, hey, if you're going to do a Bible study, let's do a Bible study. And she immediately was like, yes. And her and her friend, we would meet on Zoom little by little and go through the, a Bible study. And it seems so small. And I did ended up doing it with them that year here. I, I didn't know if they would want to do it the next year. They did. And then they did it their senior year. Wow. And then I thought, oh, they're not going to want to do this. They're going off to college. And they went off to college. And then, and, and cheering, we're in their, they're in their first year right now. At some point, they reached back out to me and said, can we do this? And now the group has grown. And uh, I'm like, whoa, what is happening? I have, wow. And she's like, you got a whole small group. <laughs> I'm like, I do. <laughs> but that was a, a small thing that has grown. And I believe God is still growing. And I told John, I said, wouldn't it be precious if we were able to continue this journey and I could celebrate not only a high school graduation with them, but a college graduation. And I would have this privilege of walking with these women at such a critical time in their life. Yeah. So that's something where... um. I, I didn't see it. It was a small thing that I just faithfully did. I made time for. I mean, um, and sometimes I was tired. You know, there was sometimes where I fumbled, I messed up. I was like, "Oh, I botched that." Um, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. And wow, that's a good segue to what Pastor John said. His next uh, quote. He says, when God elevates you, it's always based on faithfulness. And you talked about faithfulness with those girls. Just being faithful, even when you don't, when you didn't feel like it, yeah. you don't want to. It's a, he says, it's not based on giftedness. God grows your giftedness in the midst of your faithfulness. Yeah. And then he was, he was saying, we need to, we need to tell God. There's nothing too small. Oh, like there, like Lord, there's nothing too small. Mm -hmm. I think about for me, what I'm the little thing, or even I, I don't even consider it a little thing, but it's a thing, and it's I'm reaching out to people that's not like me, mm -hmm. people that I, cause you know, I'm, it's real easy to to reach out to somebody that you kind of like, you know, click with, right. But those people that you don't, those people that seem so different from you, and God has always called me to people like that, mm -hmm. people that are different from me, just reach out, just have that relationship with them. So that's what God is calling me yeah. to do. Um, he says, and I'm going to end with this, humility is the key char characteristics of a kingdom citizen. For a humble kingdom citizen, the size of the task is never a problem because pride is is never a problem. Mm. So with that, we can close. Would you close us up with prayer? Yes, God, we just thank you. We thank you so much that even as we end on this reminder that there's no uh, task that's too small uh, for us to do. And I thank you, Jesus, for modeling that, that yes. um, you, you didn't think it was beneath you to take on the form of flesh to come and um, die for our salvation. You didn't think that even in, in, you, in your coming, you served everybody. You served uh, people that didn't look like you. You served women. You served children. 
You serve those that you knew were going to betray you. You serve those that you knew that were going to walk away and and um, forget about you, but you did it. So thank you, God. And I pray, God, for everybody that's struggling. I pray for someone right now who is in the kingdom of darkness. I pray for salvation right now, God. I pray that you would deliver them and transfer transfer them into your kingdom of, of light. I pray, God, that they would learn that they are a royal priesthood um, um, cherished by you. And I pray, God, that they would proclaim the excellences of your goodness yes. um, and how you brought them out. I thank you, God, that we were once um, in the kingdom of darkness, but you bring us into light. You create us and make us into new creations. You take us into the cocoon. And you allow things to die in us that are not of you. Yes. And you you make something new. You craft with your hands something beautiful. So that when it's our point in time, we get to fly. And when we put our wings out on display, we don't do it in pride. But we say, look at look what the king has done. Look at the designs that he put on me. Look at the gifting that he's placed in me. It's all meant to pour back out to you guys. So Lord, I pray for everyone listening listening to be taken out of darkness into light. I pray God that they would be patient with the process. And I pray lastly, Lord, that they would not despise the small things. And we just lift these things up to you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, Chicago West, remember you are loved.